happy to have uh, South Portland native and head coach of the Bates Benz basketball team, John Furbush, with us in studio now to talk some Bobcat hoops. And, Coach, this is kind of the weird part of the season, right, because you're not really playing at the moment, but you will be at the end of the month. So what's the focus right now for you personally or with the team in general kind of in these few weeks where you don't have a game? Yeah, we uh, we sent the boys home yesterday for, for break. So for yeah. me personally, going to watch a lot of film this week um, and, and figure out what it is that we need to do schematically on both sides of the ball to be a little more efficient and productive uh, as we head down to New York next week for some games. And I think for these guys, I told them yesterday, I don't want you in anywhere near a gym. I want you to hold the, the home and the power button at the same time and get that full factory reset <laughs> Yeah, uh, and take a few days off. And, and come back after the holiday, be ready to go. So I think um, we just needed a couple of days off after having played seven games in 14 days without a whole lot of prep time in between games. So uh, we're going we're gonna to rest and relax for a little bit. Yeah. You got the trip. Uh, go ahead, Coach. I was going to say, you got that trip. What, what's the – it's a tournament, so they're going to be there multiple nights. Uh, is that, that a good chance to, for the team to bond and – Maybe do what you don't get a chance to do when you're just scurrying playing game after game. Yeah, absolutely. We, um, we're we using that as a sort of a trip to build some morale. Uh, we're getting down there a day early. going to do some really corny things as a team and get these guys out of their comfort nice. zone, get to know each other a little bit better. And we have a pretty good uh, alumni contingency in New York, so there's a, a handful of people that will be coming to uh, our shoot-around the day before our, our game down there, and so we'll get some – alums in front of the current students and I think that'll be really helpful but yeah this helps us just get off campus uh, and improve our chemistry which you know we just haven't had a real healthy roster to this point so there's been so many guys in and out of practice that I think now that we're all back we can get together go on a trip and and get things moving in the right direction for 2019. Actually that's where isn't that where Jason finds from New York New Jersey right? He's from the area yeah yeah, yeah. So he'll, he's from New York he'll yeah. be down there he'll be there he, he was excited for there. it yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. He's actually the one who um, we were we were in Daytona, Florida last year for a tournament, and and Jason came down with us, uh, and we were talking about uh, a holiday tournament next year, and and he used to be at Staten Island, so he got right on the phone, called the AD there, and said, "Hey, do you have an opening for your tournament?" And then, you know, I kind of thought he was half joking, and then all of a sudden I got an email like, "Do you want to play in the tournament?" I said, "Oh, sure, yeah, we'll, we'll book it. Done. We'll go down to New York." Boy, that'll be nice. There's so much to see for those the kids and. You know, I mean, I know if they're from all over the place, but still, that's a that's a great trip. It is. I, I do have a handful of kids from the D.C., Maryland, Virginia area, so their parents that typically watch online will actually be able to be there in person. So I think that's a, a good thing for our our parents. Hey, they watch online and listen to you. Is that, uh, is that I, the I deal? Think, I guess they do. They yeah, say oh, you wait. are electric, Aaron. Oh, right. <laughs> I like it. Well, it's fun. I actually get to be courtside this year, which is fun, but yeah. it's also a little awkward because. <laughs> When it's like quiet in the gym, like during Everybody like a free can throw, eat. I feel like everyone can hear me. Like I, I, I feel like I can't really say anything when they're in the middle of their free throw motion or something because like it'll throw them off. So yeah. I, the other team yeah. starts complaining, the announcer's throwing off our yeah. foul shots. This is part I'm, of our game plan. I'm more concerned about Bates uh, throwing off a Bates foul shot by accident. But uh, yeah, so it's fun being courtside, certainly calling the women's uh, and the men's games over there. Um, at Bates, and obviously the Bobcats, there are a couple of Mainers on the team, including, we we're talking off the air, but Tom Coyne out for the most of the season so far, well, all the season so far with an injury. Welcome him back, one of your top scorers from last year, right? Excited to have him back, I'm sure healthy, right? Yeah, he, he definitely makes us a lot better. Um, and, and, you know, you can't think of this as a coach that, I mean, when one of your best players is out, that 
you can't start making excuses and it's next guy up. But he, you know, at the end of the day, he is a 20-point difference type of kid because he can he can make a lot of shots in a hurry and he gets a lot of other guys involved in our offense. So, um, you know, we're going to see, I think, a dramatic improvement in just our efficiency on offense. I need his defense to be tightened up a touch based on what I saw this weekend in practice, but I think that's something that will just come with a, a few more reps in practice. What kind of defensive schemes are you looking at? Are you looking to play mostly man-to-man, some zone in there, or what are you looking at right now? We've been man-to-man so far in the first semester, and mm-hmm. we've, we've changed up from, from last year. Last year we were heavy in the ball line trying to deny and, and um, you know not let reversals happen, but with this year we're heavy in the gap and trying to limit the dribble drive. So uh, it's been a change because the angles that I've – sort of ingrained in my senior's head for three years are now the exact opposite. And <laughs> so it's taking some time for them to adjust. Um, but we were just talking about as a staff earlier this morning, sprinkling in some sort of junk zone just to keep teams out of their rhythm, especially, you know, I think as a coach sometimes we feel if we're struggling on offense, the answer is change the offense. But we're thinking about changing up our defensive look just to get their mind off of the offensive side of the ball mm-hmm. and maybe get out and transition a little bit better off some misses. We know, uh, I mean, I'm much more of a football guy than basketball, but, you know, I think the same thing happens in, in other sports. But in basketball, uh, if everybody sees man-to-man, game after game after game, and all of a sudden, even though they're all shooters and the three-point and all that, suddenly they got to adjust to a zone. Well, not if you play a zone the whole game. But you give them a zone sprinkled in every fifth time down or whatever, it takes them that few extra seconds and one bad pass, and they've turned the ball over. And I, I do think that makes a difference. Yeah, and that for me too. They got teams are going to hit threes against man anyway. So I think in in zone when a team hits a three, you know you just got to kind of commit to that defense. I, I think it's harder to hit a three sometimes or any shot when you're wide open than it is sometimes it, when you're being covered. That is true. I really do. That is true. Get that too much true. time to think about it. There's some newcomers this year on the team who have made an impact right away. Uh, Andrew Snotty, who came up from Massachusetts, a very good program there at Rivers School. Six foot six, provides a lot of length. Uh, what do you see from him and maybe some of the other first years so far getting some minutes? Yeah, Andrew's playing great. I knew he was going to be uh, an immediate impact type of kid. I didn't think he was going to start as quickly as he has, but um, you know, he's he's a tough matchup because he's a longer kid that can guard bigger. But his handle's really good. He gets by people, gets downhill, finishes fairly well at the rim, and he's going to be a big big reason why I think we have success when we flip the calendar over to 2019. Uh, got to shoot the ball a little bit better with confidence, but I think, again, that'll come. He's, he's, I think he's going to be a really good player for us. Uh, Kenny Aruajoy yeah. is certainly somebody that um, is going to have an impact, uh, hopefully sooner rather than later. He's He had uh, a little hiccup in the preseason he's he's got a, a heart condition that um kind of set him back a little bit he's fine now but yeah. he wasn't able to practice early on so i think he's now finally getting his game legs well then he had to start the first game because yeah, was hurt that was tough he, yeah. was, he, he literally had one practice uh-huh. as a freshman and then started and played 35 minutes in our first game so Oof. yeah i was impressed i thought he handled it well right um, the thing about kenny that's really impressive to me is that uh he's got a lot of poise for a kid 18 years old you know from the neck up he's really the game seems slow. Um, we just got to get him from the neck down to speed up a little bit quicker because uh, he's not in high school anymore, and, and you know we're expecting a lot more out of him. But he's, you know, when he decides that he's going to be physical, uh, we we have a chance to be pretty good. Excellent. And he's originally from Nigeria, right? Before Correct. before playing some ball in Connecticut, is that? Yeah, what he, was the process like getting him to Bates, kind of? So he um, he came to Avon Old Farms in Connecticut 
uh, as a sophomore in high school, mm -hmm. and you know he went to a lot of the high academic showcase events that we often attend. And I saw this kid as a sophomore. I said, "No, oh, he's six seven, you know, 195 pounds. Like he's got a good frame." And, and you know, you make a note on the kid, like, "Let's see where he is in a year from now." And literally every time I saw him every year, he just got that much better, that much bigger, that much stronger. Yeah. And but he was still raw. Like he's you know he's one of those kids that you take in Division three. You know, I'm not going to get a 6'9 finished product more times than not because those kids are getting scholarship offers. Right, you know? right, yeah. Uh, but what he has, I think that with our development program, you know, he could be a scholarship-level player, you know, as quick, quickly as next year. So yeah. uh, he's one of those kids, every minute you invest in him is a great investment. And so you just kind of have to live with the freshman mistakes that he's making. But um, he's given us everything he's got to date. Now, this year you made your four seniors all captains. Um, the Eli Freighter... Brandon Galloway, Max Hummel, uh, Nick Lynch. These guys have all provided great minutes through the years for Bates. I, I, I don't often see that with four guys, four, all four seniors being captains. What makes them kind of a special group for you? Well, that's a funny question. Uh, <laughs> they, well, they're, they are a special group yeah. because they've, um, this group has seen so much adversity in their time here. You know, they were the class that came in right after our Sweet 16 run. So I think that they're what they expected it was going to be it hasn't been um, and so they've uh, they've seen a lot a lot of highs a lot of lows and everything in between and they've handled it really professionally and and you know they keep working hard and grinding every day yeah with regards to the, like the title of captain I, I you know for me um, I, they we I just kind of said you guys all can put it on your resume you can <laughs> shake hands with the officials in the pregame yeah I said but I need you guys to be our leaders you know yeah. so don't let the idea of this like I'm a captain go to your head when adversity hits you guys need to be the people that are the glue and and stabilize us and i think they've done that really well to this point for sure for sure and then um you know lynch being one of those guys who um i think he's really trying to get going this year it seems like right having a slow start because of the injuries but now he's ready to ready to roll Is yeah he's fine yeah. now he had a i mean geez we, we thought he was done for the year with, oh, wow. with a torn meniscus and then oh. mri came back that uh it was just a bone bruise. But yeah. It did not look good for a little while. Um, so I think he's got a refreshed mindset. And yeah, so he missed a few weeks, which definitely set him back. Uh, but I think he's, you know, just as we finish this break, and I feel like he's getting his legs under and we take a week off, uh, which I think he probably needs physically. Mm -hmm. uh, but when he comes back, I would think he's going to have a big couple games in New York. <clears throat> I'm curious about. Um Bowden and Colby, you obviously play them in non-conference, and then you play them in conference. So we've already seen them in non-conference at Alumni Gym. How valuable is that? I mean, they get to see you too, I guess. But how, what changes do you, I mean, what, make adjustments? And You obviously do make adjustments. What lessons were learned, I guess, from those games? I think these guys learned that um, you cannot take any possessions off mm -hmm. in any game, for that matter. But especially with Bowden and Colby, where there's, a, there's an element of rivalry. And uh, the funny thing is about both those teams is they were exactly who we thought they were going to be. We knew Colby was going to shoot a lot of threes. Colby does shoot tough. a lot of threes. Um, yeah. yeah, they put you in a bind defensively. And then Bowden is just so fundamentally sound. They run the, the stuff that they run that they've been running for a long time, and they're just really good at it, and they make, they make the right decision a lot more than they don't. Uh, and we just didn't execute our plan long enough I think we came out of the gates in both games and we were doing what we we're supposed to do and then we kind of lost track of that uh, as we got into deep into our rotation so I mean both those games are extremely winnable they're going to be more difficult on the road uh, but the reality is now we have a 10 game season where we just got to finish in the top eight to get a 25th game and that's that's right. really been our goal all along is 
as good as we think we can be, we just got to be in the top eight of the league. How's the NESCAC look overall this year? I mean, what teams are sticking out to you early on based on, I mean, I don't know how, I assume you keep a close eye on everyone else, right? Yeah, I've, I've watched, <laughs> minimally I've watched one half of every NESCAC uh-huh. team so yeah. far, just because there's so many common opponents that we play. Um, yeah, they're all really good. I think uh, the, the team that has really stuck out to me so far is Hamilton. I think they've... Mm. Um, just the way they're playing, they they have they have an extremely uh, veteran group with a lot of juniors and seniors playing big minutes, uh, and they're scoring the ball like crazy. So they're going to be a team that if you don't if you don't score in the seventies or eighties, it's going to be really hard to win because they're going to score a lot of points. Uh, Williams is they're very good. They they're big. Um, how we're going to match up with them? We're going to have to be pretty creative. <laughs> we're hoping to get them to downsize, but I don't even know if they have an option to downsize mm. because their bench is so long. And then you know Amherst, Wesleyan, Middlebury are all are all really good, uh, but I don't know that there's a sort of elite one or two, mm-hmm. because some of the records in the league I think are a little skewed because of the the um, the conference uh, the opponents they've played so far. Right. There's a different strength of schedule per per team, uh, but you know this is a year where. Uh, you know, it could be another five way tie for first. I mean, that we could just all beat up on each other. And Last year was crazy with craziness. that. Yeah, it was crazy. Five way tie. I've never seen that before. I have never seen yeah. that. And we, I, I dug into the archives a little bit too, and I <laughs> yeah. was and I was looking at you know because we were four and six in the league, and there was a time where four wins got you like the five seed. Right. And last year, four wins got us the nine seed. So it's just you know it, it's you you have to win five games I think just to guarantee a, a top eight finish, which which yeah. in this league is hard to do, win five games. For sure. And then, yeah, I mean, you know, you obviously played for Bates. So how has the NESCAC changed at all since you were playing? Dramatically. Yeah. Dramatically. Um, I mean, just to be honest, I think Williams and Aaron have always sort of been at that top third of the league. Uh, Well, Williams had that one guy who transferred to Michigan, Duncan Robinson. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Who ended up being like a big contributor, like that Final Four team or whatever. Yes. So, yeah. yeah. Well, he's playing for the the Miami Heat G League team right now. Okay. And like yeah. scoring twenty points a game. Right. Yeah. He's a shooter. <laughs> yes, and he's become more than that. So when yeah. he when he made the decision to leave Williams after his freshman year, I actually saw him because he's a New Hampshire kid. He played in a summer basketball league that I played in. Uh huh. And um, I actually had recruited him, so we had a good relationship. And yeah. he was, you know, I'm looking at Gonzaga. I'm looking at Michigan. I'm like. I think you should go wherever you just. Yeah, like, yeah, go for it. Like <laughs> go somewhere. Not, not, just, not just because for selfish reasons, yeah. I want I don't want to coach against him, but he he is that good. Where I thought if he went to the right Division One, he would have an impact. And right. I, that was the perfect fit, because the way Michigan played was very similar to the way Williams played. So mm. I think he just immediately yeah. went in there. It was good. Um, but yeah, the league's changed a lot. You know, there's there's been years when I played where Colby and Bowden and us were in the top couple. Uh, Middlebury was in the lower third. Wesleyan was in the lower third. Uh, Khan won the league, like, one of my first years. Mm. So there's just – the recruitment, I think, has changed a lot uh, over – since I was a player, just in terms of the quality of um, of athletes. I, I think the IQ is the same, everyone – but, like, the game's so much faster and more above the rim than it was when I played. Excellent. And then, obviously, alumni gym a little different this year, right? The, the, you guys switched benches, first of all, which we threw did. me off. I was really confused the first game. Yeah, it threw then, me off, too. Yeah. <laughs> and then a new floor as well, obviously, a big difference. Um, no more um, spots where the ball might bounce properly. Is that correct? Yeah, no, there's no there's no more dead spots <laughs> dead on spots, the floor. Yeah. 
No, it's it's a nice, it's an uplift. It's a good, it's yeah. you know, it's funny because everyone thinks it's so great, and I think it's just like that's what gyms are supposed to look like. Right. You know, this yeah. isn't like, you know, but I'm, and I'm grateful for it because I yeah. think it does it does help me recruit a little bit better when we, now we look, we you know have a similar type of feel to other other places. I think the the switching benches has been really the hardest part for me, sure. just because I'm so used to being on the yeah. other side. So I'm not, I'm like. I haven't even looked at the floor. Like, where's the coach's box? I've had so many officials right. say, like, hey, get back in your box. I'm like, I don't even know where it is in this side of the court. <laughs> but the, re- the rationale for that was, um, we thought long and hard about this, is that, you know, now with this, the bleachers on the stage, yep. where there's, there's a lot of fans, we want our defense on that end in the second half so that we have all those, you know, fans behind us. Because nice. I'm not... As, as much as I'm worried about scoring the ball right now, I want our, our defense has to be the non-negotiable. Like we have to be a good defensive team regardless of how we're shooting it. So yeah. to have that sort of like that group behind us getting us fired up as opposed to getting us fired up on offense, at least that's how we're twisting it right now. Hopefully that as we flip the calendar Makes to 2019. To me. Yeah, like, like and, and we all bought into it. I think it's great. Um, but we had to get, you know, Allison, our women's coach, on board with it too, which, sure. which she was. So yeah, hopefully that uh, – Helps us win some games in January. It's kind of interesting, two main kids coaching basketball. I mean, because Allison's from Bangor. So. Right, and yep. both played in the yep. NESCAC. Yeah. And um, yep. Allison, of course, played for Bates' uh, arch-rival Bowden, yes. but now coaching here. And John, obviously, being a Bates alum, uh, class of uh, 2005 there. So your 11th season as head coach, can you believe it? <laughs> I know. No, seriously, <laughs> really. It's, yeah, it's, it's been a wild wild journey i mean I, I i actually every year i do this early in november i look back at my original practice plan from november 1st in 2008 yeah and uh what i tried to cram in two and a half hours is impossible yeah <laughs> you know but, and, and you know so I, i've learned a lot not just with the coaching and 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 the, really the dynamic of players has changed uh, did, did you coach time. anywhere else before Bates? i was at springfield college in western massachusetts I I always wonder, um, you know, when you think about coaching in general, <clears throat> what experiences you've had, who are the kinds of people you were, um, you were with when you were a player, when you started coaching, you know, so that you have some of those experiences. Uh, I always said when you, I was a phys ed major at Maine, and we literally went through, what's a practice plan look like? What's, how do you know if it's going to work? Uh, you figure this is going to take 20 minutes and it took three, you know, and you go, whoops, now what? Yeah. You know, just like a lesson in class and as a teacher. But uh, again, I think the more experiences people can have as a, as a young coach, the better off. And, uh, and then I think continuity, you know, you being here for a number of years, there's an expectation. There's a culture that you build and, and uh, people know what they're coming for and, know what they're going to get mm-hmm. yeah that's important to me the culture the guys you know the buy-in and just the non-negotiables and it's now it's helpful that i'm not it's actually coming from the upperclassmen more so than from me sure which you know again now we can focus our, our energy on some more x's and o's and everything and but for a while it's like building that culture took some time even though i played here i inherited a group of guys that were anticipating to play for somebody else sure and so that just and that takes a long time to really get oh, kids on Oh, the person board. we talked about before we came on the air, that's why he came there for the other coach, honestly. And then he went to Wesleyan. And, right. And uh, by the way, my son went to Wesleyan. So I saw them when they built that facility. Oh, you know, yeah. 
If you have you been in the Wesleyan facility? Basketball? I don't go on the road unless it's like a national. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's very nice. <laughs> it's a nice NESCAC facility. Well, I was going to say the Wesleyan it's, coach was your coach, right? He was. Right. Yeah. What's that like when you you'll play them uh, Friday, January twenty yeah. fifth at Alumni Gym? You play them every year, obviously. What's that experience like? Do you even think about it at this point? Or yeah, we do. I mean, he's yeah. still. I mean, he's he is and always will be my mentor. You know, we 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 talk a lot. Uh, it's just. It get, the closer it gets to January 25th, the more awkward it's going to be just sure. because we, you know, like for me personally, like I, I want to win every game so badly. And obviously there's an element of like, all right, that's the guy that taught me everything I know. I want to beat him. <laughs> but there, there's also, a, I think, a feeling of like bittersweet because we have so much respect for one yeah. another that like shaking hands after that, you know, is, is just, it's tough. Did, did you envision when you came to Bates that 11 years in, you'd be sitting here that what was your vision of what this looked like, your journey? Well, I, I in my first year, I was like, we're going to win the whole thing. Yeah. And, and <laughs> uh, you know, and I, and I still have that optimistic view that we can still accomplish some great things. Um, but, yeah, my vision was that we can be we can be a top 25 Division three team, you know, annually. Uh, and, and I've realized after a few years how hard that is to do. And I think the, the biggest thing for me is that climbing the mountain – is the easy part staying on top of it's yeah. the hard part and yeah. so I, I now that i've had a taste of what it's like to be pretty successful in one season anyways uh getting back to that point i feel like if we do get back there the following couple of years i'll know exactly what needs to be done now that we've experienced some hardships we uh i, I was really good friends with a guy named mike guy named mike haley who was a longtime football coach here and and when he have, whenever he spoke at clinics, he used to say, the thing that we don't do as coaches that we should always do is scout yourself and your team. And then when the season's over, go back and say, let's take a look at this. You know, rewatch games, rethink about decisions that were made about, should I sit this kid down? Should I, should I promote this kid to the starting line? You know, those kind of things. Evaluate your team just like you looking at it from outside and be pretty critical of it. And uh, we don't we do not do that. We we remember all the nice things that happened, you know, and it's much more difficult for us in this society to look at the things that we didn't do too well and then try to improve on those. That, You're talking about coaching? Yeah. Because I do that all the time. I, yeah. I'm very self-critical. Sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Well, you know what? For me, film's always the equalizer. You know, you're never as good as you think, and you're never as bad as you think. Sure. So we've, we've had a tough first semester, but there's so many positives I think I've been able to draw from the experience we've had, and, and they're, they're all fixable. It's not, it's not that we don't have the DNA to be good. It's just there's some fundamental things that sure. we need to change per, per individual. And, that, and then I think as a, as a coach, what I've learned in my 11 years is that you know, my first few years, there was such an emphasis on scouting our opponents and our game plan and how we're going to, you know, react to the things they do. And now I want to be the expert on us. And ha you know, and obviously there's an element of, like, we got to know who they are, what they do, and what we want to take away. But I'm trying to be um, – put a lot more energy and focus on what we can control and how we can beat the teams that we're playing as opposed to the other way around. I happen to have an opportunity when I was a young coach starting out. Uh, he had John Wooden speak. Oh, yeah. And there's nobody any better. And they kept asking him questions. He said, I, guys, I don't think you're hearing what I'm saying. This is what we're going to do. Uh, we can do all the scouting. We can do all the – but this is what we're going to do. We're going to do it really well. And 
He didn't. See, he stopped short of saying, "We don't care what you do." Right. But in essence, that's what he was saying. This is what we're going to do, and we're going to do it really well. Doesn't hurt that you know, he has Bill Walton and some of those other guys. But uh, right. but I think there's a lot to be said for that. I was going to mention to you. I, I found I was looking at some old coaching stuff, and seven things that destroy teams is what kind of, some of the things you were just talking about. No clear and consistent standards, lack of trust, lack of accountability, lack of discipline, drama, <laughs> lack of commitment, and selfishness. Boy, isn't that the list? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. What I actually did, um, which I'm sure the guys were thrilled about, so we had a practice Sunday morning. I'm sorry, Saturday morning. They had finals Friday, and I had, I had them. They had a basketball final exam. Oh, okay. And so we had them, you know, and it was really, it was a really easy thing, but just basically explain, you know, why this program is important to them. And then we have an acronym we call it's PRIDE, so P-R-I-D-E, and they, they made uh, a word with each letter and how, and then described that word, how it pertains to the season, how we're going to be better. And it was amazing to see the responses, the time they put into it and thought about their wow. care for the program. And so now for me, what's great is that I have in writing how I'm going to hold you accountable. It's going to be in your locker. We're going to like always go back to this now. This is what you said on December 16th. And it's just it, it's refreshing as a coach to hear sometimes, especially when you're struggling with, from a result standpoint, how much your guys genuinely care and want to be part of the, the change uh, as we head in. And I think, as we mentioned before, just having Tom Coyne helps me a lot. Yes, having their second leading score from a year ago yeah, back yeah. is definitely helpful. This is like bringing back old memories. I, I always had each kid at the start of the season – one side was team goals, and the other side was individual goals. And then I met with each kid and, and talked about what they listed. Let's say the kid says, I want to start at tackle, you know, whatever. And it allowed me then, like you just said, later on when they're whining, you know, I, I could look at this with them and sit down again and review exactly what you just had them do to say, not, not necessarily – I mean, I don't want to stick it to anybody, but I also want to make sure that they understood this is what you said. So what what are you doing to make sure that that happens? You wanted to be a starter. Have you been in the weight room? Have you, you know, all the list of all the things that I'm sure that you cover with your kids all the time. In the off season, what are you doing in the off season? You know, going to Tahiti, it's probably not going to, I mean, not that that's a bad thing, but... Uh, you know, you can't stay there six weeks. You might be able to stay there a week, but uh, yeah, coaching coaching college age kids is a challenge it today. Is. There's it so is. many things going on in their lives: social media, the immediate feedback from other people that sometimes hurts them. And I always like to say, remember, the people in this room are the people you count on day after day, and you can always count on them. Absolutely. And some of those other people come and go. Yeah. I've always said this, and I will go on record saying this again, that 18 to 22-year-old boys slash men yeah. are some of the most insecure people hmm. ever. And they give you the illusion they're not. Right. You know, the way right. they're like, they conduct themselves. But the reality is, and, I, and I'm, I'm making a sweeping generalization <laughs> saying this. I'm talking about no, but basketball players in my one. program. Yeah. But that, one. you know, when, when it you know, they, they, they have confidence and all of a sudden someone tells them, no, that's not how we're going to do it. This is the way to do it. And they, and they start thinking like, oh, am I good? And it's like, yeah, you're good. You're here for a reason. But it's amazing how, uh, you know, and I, and I grew up in an area where like, just tell me what to do and I'll do it. I don't need to know why. 
And that's okay that these guys, I like that they want to know why, and then we explain it to them why, and then you just do it, you know? And I think that it's just it's, it's a different feeling, but uh, we're trying to build that confidence up because these guys, again, they, they, they appear confident, but then they get rattled, and it's like, no, like keep that swagger, guys. You know, it's okay right. if you fail. It's okay. Like it's okay to empty the tank. Just have a little attitude. And still, like, sure. I think I think that's a generation of kids, again, making a sweeping generalization that are scared to give everything they have and it not be good enough. But at least you can look in the mirror and say, "I gave everything I had." You're gonna learn how to fail. I mean that absolutely. A champion is not undefeated. A champion is being able to pick yourself back up and take that next step towards being better. I, talking to my wife, my wife's a coach and a very good one, very good one. And uh, she said, her, this is her analogy of coaching men versus girls, women. She said, if you go in the locker room in a men's locker room and you say, you know, we're not passing the ball enough, you know, whatever. You're sitting there saying, yeah, come on, you guys, pass the ball. Even when it might be you that's not passing the ball. You go in a girl's locker room and you say, we got to pass the ball more. And they're all going, oh, wow, I've got the pass. You know, totally different. In other words, it, looking inward, oh, I've got to pass the ball more. Kind of a whole total different perspective of what the game looks like, and and uh, and so on. It, but it's a uh, again, coaching in general, people have no idea. It's the one profession where you put your your career, your uh, your livelihood, your legacy, all the things that go around who you are, in the hands of somebody else. Mm-hmm. And they had, they broke up with their girlfriend or boyfriend. They all the things that happen in their lives, the stuff, the social media, the people all over them. You put it in their hands. No, no other job do you do that. It's what you do that makes a difference on whether you, you know, are successful or not. Coaching is the only profession that I know of where you you lay it out and you give. Who you are is determined by what they do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, it's yeah, definitely um, an interesting um, angle on things. And uh, coach, I was curious something. Um, you know, you're for those who don't know, John's brother Charlie Furbush, uh, big league baseball pitcher. Um, what's what's he up to right now? And um, did you play baseball? I assume you must have played baseball yeah, also growing up. I played at Bates for a couple of years. Oh, you did play at Bates yeah. as well. Okay, nice. Yeah. Um, Charlie is he's in Seattle. He owns a home out there, nice. and uh, he has. And I believe it's next month has a showcase to a bunch of scouts. He's, he had um, shoulder surgery last August. So he's been through this rehab program and he sounds like he's in a great place. So he's going to throw, throw a bullpen in front of some scouts. Um, just to, I think he just needs to show them. He still has the pop in his fastball that he's had in the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, in his mind, he feels like he's going to get picked up for someone in spring training this coming season. So um I haven't talked to him about this, but I think he—I think he's just one season away from the full pension because he served, I think, oh. six full years, and I think it's seven. Okay. That he needs this, so I mean, just like throw one big league, just fake it, throw one yeah. pitch. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> really, yeah. yeah. Right. But, uh, but he seems healthy, so I, you yeah. know, he—he—he he, he lives in Seattle permanently, but I just—I don't know that he'll—that's where he'll be this this coming right. spring summer. Is Seattle one of the teams you think is going to be looking at him? Um, I—I I don't. I don't know. Okay. I, I think he's. Um, he had some solid years with the Mariners, and then boy. injuries, obviously. He did. No, yeah. he did. He did. And, and you know the funny part was, and uh, I reminded some guys that when the World Series was going on this this um, October, this past October, that the Red Sox offered the Mariners Jackie Bradley Jr. straight up for my brother, 
and the Mariners turned it down. Mariners turned it down. Wow. Which, you know, fast forward a little bit, you're like, oh, that's tough. That's tough to, <laughs> tough to decline that. But I guess that's the, how much they felt. Right. The Red Sox could use important. him this year. We could use a reliever. I would, you know, I, I, I would selfishly like that right. to, to, for him to be in Boston. But in a way, I wouldn't want that for him because there's there would be so many distractions for him. Not not in a bad way. There would be just so many people that he he will. Hey, I want to get tickets and yeah. this and that. And it's like he's he's the thing about him that's always impressed me is that I mean he gets in the most tunnel vision of anyone Ooh. I've ever seen. Like I like he doesn't know what's going on outside of his bubble. There was a time in New York, I'll never forget this, and actually I brought Joe Riley, my former basketball coach who's at Wesleyan now. We went down and, and saw a Yankees-Mariners game. And he came out of the bullpen in the eighth and struck out Cano before Cano went to the Mariners. Mm-hmm. And it was bases loaded, two outs. He had no idea there was two outs, so he strikes him out, and he's asking for the ball back from the catcher. No idea. This <laughs> Everyone's like, hey, you're going to the dugout. And he's like, oh, he just gets so locked in on the moment that he's in. Yeah. Which is why he's been good because he oh, gives up a home run, he forgets good about ones. it. Absolutely. He strikes the guy out, forgets about it. Nice. So, uh, so hopefully he'll be yeah. playing baseball this spring. That'd be terrific. Well, you mentioned you played baseball at Bates as, as well as basketball. Cody Greenalch plays football as well as basketball at Bates. Have you talked to him at all about you know being a multi-sport athlete? Because it's, I guess, a little bit rarer than it maybe it used to be, perhaps. Very, very rare. I think yeah. for me, I, I have no problem with two-sport athletes as long as long as they're the first sport. <laughs> if they want to sure. play baseball across in the spring. They they should do that. Uh, you know, with Cody that. That's another layer that was tricky. I, I was not under the impression he was playing football this year. Going well, it in. was like a last minute thing. And, yeah, and it was yeah. really, and so you know, we didn't get you know he, he's played a lot of minutes. He started in our most recent game, yeah. but he only had five practices before our first game because wow. the, you know he basically came playing Hamilton on Saturday, and then he came to practice the next day Sunday, and then we had a game the following Saturday. So, um, yeah, I mean it's hard. I mean it's, for him, it's something that he's always done. He's always played three sports, so. Uh, it, it, for him, it's kind of routine to keep that 4.30 to 6.30 slot like mm-hmm. as a practice time, so I think he's able to balance his academics out knowing that he has only an X amount of hours to do them in. Yeah. Um, but it's certainly hard in his body. Like he's, He didn't get any time to rest. I know he was a little banged up when he came in. Um, so I think this week off for him will be really, really helpful. What position did you play in baseball? I was a pitcher. Huh? Just like okay, just like in the brother. family, family yeah. business. Yeah. Well, the, the the thing we always argue about during the holidays <laughs> is that uh, so he 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 broke my wins record at oh. South Portland High School. And How I many s- years older than him are you? Three. Three. Okay, so you over overlapped. Then he was by... a freshman when I was a senior. Okay. Okay. And I said, well, I didn't play the, the freshman. Ba- I didn't play varsity as a freshman. So oh. Like you were, you were. We brought you up because you're the lefty in the program, <laughs> and so and so he had, he had he had you know a couple wins in his first year, so he he, he broke my he broke my wins record. Okay. I think there's an asterisk next to that. Like had, had I played varsity as a freshman, we might have. Yeah, we go. Different... So how good was that team when you were a senior and he was a freshman on it? We were pretty good. We yeah. lost uh, in the I want to say the Southern Maine finals. Okay. To um, to Deering, I think he won the state championship that year. Yeah. But we had, I mean, our. For a, a high school pitching rotation, you know, I, it was myself, a kid by the name of Greg Norton, who actually pitched at UMaine and was mm-hmm. really good. He got a, yeah. he got a couple, um, he got drafted. I forget what round it was, but he had shoulder problems. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Charlie was our was our third pitcher. So yeah. and we had just a lot of, a lot of other kids who played. Uh, college baseball on that team, which you just don't see a whole lot from Maine anymore. You couldn't no. get Charlie to follow you to Bates? <laughs> I did. It's a funny story. Oh, okay. I, I did. Okay. I tried really hard. Uh, he was not academically qualified <laughs> oh, for... Okay. You know, like, he's one of those kids where 
he would have made an impact, and I could go and 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 you could lobby in admissions, but like you know, he's just not gonna do the work. Like that's just not happening. Like, <laughs> I mean, it was bad. I mean, he had enough trouble just going to you know. I'm here. I'm killing my brother on air, but like he he had enough trouble just going getting into St. Joe's. But uh, then he went to LSU, right? Went to LSU. Yeah. Which was, jeez, uh, I still remember after his first year at St. Joe's. So what happened to Trump? Make a long story short, he had an overactive thyroid gland. So mm. when he was um senior in high school he just like he grew up like four inches it was six six but like he got really thin and his eyes were kind of bugging out of his head and and so um he had, he had to get on some medication and once yeah. once the right medication was was found all of a sudden he sort of fell out into his body which right. was his freshman year at st joe's okay. he's throwing like 92 93 yeah so he just i mean he cleaned house at division three baseball <laughs> yeah, i bet so he went down and played in the cape league that summer okay yeah. And had multiple offers, Division One offers, to transfer as a sophomore. Yeah. But decided to go back to St. Joe's. Had another great year, uh-huh. and then and then that summer he went down to the Cape League again and threw a no hitter, in the Cape Summer League. Yeah. And at the time there was a, uh, Paul Maneri was the coach at Notre Dame who just got the LSU job. He, I think mm-hmm. he was watching somebody else, and said, "Who is this six six lefty from Maine?" Yeah. <laughs> so he did an official at LSU and. He came home and he said, "That's right, I'm going there." And then, how long did he stay at LSU? Just one year. Just one year. He had one year, and, and then, then he got drafted by the Detroit Tigers. Yeah. yeah. I remember I saw him watching. You know, who's he going to get drafted by? And it's great to see a Maine kid. We were pretty pretty excited. I have a. I'll share it with you, Aaron. I have a video of yeah. of uh, when he got drafted. We were in my my mother's living room. You know, uh, tons of family people around. And you know his phone was ringing, and 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 I, the, the the Red Sox actually had called him and said, you know, if you're available next pick, we're going to take you. But then the Tigers called, and so we're watching the the draft on online, and and it said with the next pick, the Detroit Tigers take Charles, and then we just all went nuts. It could have been Charles Smith, it could have been Charles <laughs> yeah, Johnson, and we had no idea who it was. Yeah, yeah. Thankfully, it was Charlie Furman. <laughs> yeah, right. right. So he went to the Tigers and. I did that when Tip Fairchild was, uh, you know, being known Bill and whatever when. It was time for him to be drafted. Watching it you know, online and calling Bill and saying, "What's up? What's up?" and it's pretty exciting stuff. It is. I right. hope I told you this, Coach Wing. Before last time we were on him at the National you know my great grandfather is Jimmy Fitzpatrick. Really? Yeah. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah. So I got good. I got a good. Yeah. Set of DNA. From yeah. The, really? From, uh, <laughs> wow. Yeah, used to go to the awards ceremony. Especially like for a, the coaching and coaching. Holy smokes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. All right, well, John Furbush, thanks so much for joining us here in studio. Uh, John will be on most Tuesdays, unless it's like a holiday or possibly um, some conflicts. I'm filling Might in until next med- Tuesday. Mid- not, <laughs> not next Tuesday, but most Tuesdays here on the B-List Daily. John, thanks so much again for joining us here on the program. Of course. Thanks, Aaron.